The message you're listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2018 New Year's Conference. More information about New Year's Conference can be found at newyearsconference.com. Let's go ahead and get started. Let's go ahead and get started. If you don't know, if you can see, this is Taming the Tongue, so if it's not your talk, you might want to get out while you can. Um, soap don't work. Who in here, just hear me, who in here has gotten that soap before? You want gotten that soap? Are you serious? Dang. Did y'all like it? Did it Did it work? Maybe, yeah. It might, it might work. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's get started. Um, my name is Bradley Dean. I'm on staff at Center College. This is my wife, Mackenzie. We got married five-ish months ago. So we're coming up on our six-month anniversary, which is huge. Huge. Okay? Um, and we are at Center College again, and I love Jesus. So up here, um, and I've got a topic um, that's called Taming the Tongue, and I am not a professional, okay? Um, I can speak on this topic only because I struggle with Taming the Tongue. Um, Jesus radically changed my life, um, and one of the first things that he did in my heart when he, changed, when he, when he came into, in, into my heart and changed my heart was out of the overflow, which is what we're going to see, my, my tongue changed. It had to, and yours will have to if God changes your life. Um, so we're going to get into that. Um, but here we go. So f- here's how it's going to work. So for about 30 minutes, we're going to read some things, go through James. What's up, fellas? How are we doing? <laughs> good to see you. Um, we're going to read. Okay, here's a good. I, the tongue is a kind of a difficult topic, okay? Because I don't know where you are. I don't know your background. I don't know what kind of stuff you got, um, you're into. The, the uh, music you listen to, what's affected you, how, how your parents raised you. And so I can't stand up here and give you X, Y, Z for you to change your tongue and glorify God with your mouth. What I can do is give you a broad scope for the whole chapter of James 3, which we'll go through pretty quickly, just to let you see James 3. Okay, so what this, you're not going to really remember anything that I say in a month. But you will remember what God said in a month, okay? So this is going to be a time where I just kind of give you God's word. We'll go through it. Um, give some practicals here and there. And I'm going to give you three applications based on what you see so that you can do that when you're out of this room. Because you don't need me. And you don't need this conference. If, if I could get you to come to this conference every year, I would. But the reality is, is you have the Holy Spirit if, if, if you believe in Jesus, you don't need people like me to get you to tame your tongue. God has his word for you. Okay, So we're going to look at that. Um, and then we're going to do a little exercise where we uh, kind of get together and um, dig in a little bit with each other. So I'm going to pray for us and we'll dive in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, I'm unworthy to speak about your word. Um, but through Jesus, um, I, want to just, I, I want to please you, Father. And I want these students here um, to realize the power that you've given them with their mouths. Um, Lord, I pray you would change their hearts by your gospel. Um, and Lord, if there's anything that I am going to say that you don't want me to say, Lord, take it away. Lord, give me the words to speak that they would um, come away better. It's in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now. This is a very kind of a corny, um, well, comic, but I wanted to prove to you that you know that your words are powerful before I show you that the Bible says that, okay? 
because that's going to kind of make sense. So we now, so this guy's sad, has a hat on, looks kind of funny. He says, hey, watch this. I'm going to, we, we all have superpowers. And so he says, hey, love that hat, bro, whatever. And then, I mean, this dude's whole day's changed, right? Based on one word, or a few, a few words, right? The things that this dude said to this other guy had the power to change everything about that guy's day. It's pretty wild, but we know this, right? Things that people have said to you and to me years ago still, we're still working through them. Are we not? I mean, this is powerful stuff, and we just don't think about it. Like, words are insanely powerful, and God gave us our tongues. And so what we're going to see, I'll go back, what we see is we're going to see a tongue. Why does it matter, right? Why does it matter? We're going to see what, why did God give you a mouth, right? God gave you your mouth. You didn't make your mouth. God gave you your mouth. So why did he give it to you? This is very important. And then the key to freedom. Because what I'm going to make, um, well, what the word's going to kind of do, I think, is it's going to, um, it's going to show you that your struggle with your mouth is not a behavior problem, right? If you're in this room, this is a pretty specific topic, okay? So if you're in this room, no doubt, you've got a loose tongue probably, right? Anyone? No? Am I the only one that's loose tongue in this room? I love you. A few of you. Okay, good. Yes, look, we need, it's a love problem. It's not a behavior problem. Jesus died to make you new. And so James, I believe, is, is extrapolating what Jesus said. Here, so here's what he said. Um, and just to preface this, Jesus said this to a people that were making excuses, which no doubt we do, right? We have loose tongues, we say things we don't mean, or we do mean, um, and we say, oh, well, you know, he deserved it, or whatever, right? So this is Jesus' response to them. He said, said to them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from the outside cannot defile him? Since it enters not his heart, but his stomach, and is expelled. Right? Poops it out. How powerful could that be? In and out. But, then he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. This is a, I mean, this is profound. Right? Because we live in a, a world, I mean, look, we blame alcohol, we blame uh, yoga pants, we blame everything, but it's what, it's, I mean, what defiles a person is what goes, is what comes out, right? The problem is not outside of you, the problem is inside of you. That's why you struggle with taming your tongue. It's not the guy who pissed you off's fault. Jesus died for a rebel when he died for you. You deserve nothing. But we can't forgive somebody. And we gossip about them. Top on their backs. Yada yada. Right? This is profound. And say, this is more important than you think. This is Jesus saying. This is weighty. Because I, I bled on a cross to make your mouth pure. Because it comes out of your heart. Make your heart pure. So, we're going to see here. Um, we go through James 3. Is... Um, is an argument based on just that topic. But who's ever done, who had this in high school? Who did this in high school? Who can tell me what a litmus test is? Anyone? Yes. 
Okay, so, so how do you do it then? You just, just dip it in? Yeah. Right. So look, it's paper, same color. You dip it in a liquid, and it tells you what it is. Okay. So I'm going to argue. I think I think this comes off it that we oftentimes base how we're doing in our faith by how we're feeling about ourselves. I'm going to argue that how you're talking is a better indicator of that. Because what comes out of you is what defiles you. It's, your, your mouth is a litmus test. Right? Your complaining or your hopefulness can kind of tell you where your heart's at. Right? Are you blowing people up? Or are you, te- are you tearing them down? That's, that, can show, that shows where your heart's at better than how you feel about yourself. That goes up, that's up here and down here in the same hour. Right? So, I'm going to need some readers. Be a little bit of a... Um, participation. Who who has who has a nice reading voice? Nice, clear, beautiful voice in here. Pat. Yeah, read that first, bro. I don't have my glasses. Okay, you can't. Yeah, sorry. Who else? Got it. Thanks. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to brittle his whole body. If we, sorry, I can't read either. We, if we put bits into his mouth of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. If we put bits into their mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven to be strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. Okay. Um, it's easy to see the power of the tongue here. But look, context helps. Okay? So look, Jesus, right before this, basically just told, or it's not Jesus, James is saying, faith without works is dead. That's the very last verse before this happens. And he's not saying that faith doesn't save you. He says, if, if your faith doesn't come with real change, if, if your faith isn't producing, it's fake. Like Jesus didn't do what you say he did. It's fake faith. Real faith produces because Jesus does it and the Holy Spirit supernaturally makes your heart new and you are a new person. And it's a process, mind you, but you do start the process. And so you're changing. And what do we say? The first thing that James talks about after he says faith that works is dead is the tongue. He says if you have faith, this is the very first thing that's changing you. The very first thing that's change is how you speak to people that are made in, in the image of God. So I want to take two things about this. Alright. Look at the last verse. It says so also the tongue, although it is a small member, it boasts of great things. That's tempting to say that's a bad thing, just kind of based on where it's going. But it never says that, right? It's, it's saying what the tongue does. God gave you a tongue, and the tongue, your tongue, 
naturally and will always boast in something. Okay? And it was made to boast in great things. You were given a tongue to boast. You're, you were built to brag, essentially. And those who have teammates, I mean, like, who have teams that they love, sports teams, know that in any circumstance, okay, if anyone comes at your team, you do not back down. You're, you're at their throat because you love your team so much, right? Always. Never back down. That's what, that's what we love something, right? If my wife gets objectified and I'm with her, it's, I mean, it's just, it's just going down right then, Right? My love actually will do something in that moment. And so will yours. That's, that's what you're, and love changes the heart in that kind of way. And so, look, up front, you've got to know that the tongue was made to boast. That's why God gave you your mouth. What are you boasting in? What are you boasting in? It's my question. Because if you've taken anything away from DA's um, talks, but she's done a great job, he said something at the very end, it says, we were made basically to boast in the excellencies of God. Because we were made by Him, made for Him, right? We were made to boast in His excellencies. And if anything's taken away, what we know is that how you live matters. How you live actually matters. What you say, God spoke and made the world, right? So right there, He just said, words create, give life. And then, when Jesus died and rose again, he said, you will teach others also. You will make disciples and teach others also. Like, words are everything in God's kingdom. He spoke, created a life. He said, I'm going to give you your spirit so that through you, through your words, men who don't know Jesus and are lost will have life from me, by your words, by your mouth, right? I mean, this is insane, like, do we know how powerful our words are? And they're made to boast. Um, here's one thing. I didn't realize in, on, in uh, verse 2, can everyone see that? It's kind of dim. No? Kind of? Not really? Well, here's what, here's what verse 2 says. Verse 2 says, And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, so if anyone, if anyone does not stumble in what he says, if his mouth is perfect, this is, this is kind of crazy. He is a perfect man, also able to bridle his whole body. And I had never seen that before until I was preparing for this talk. If, you're, if your speech is perfectly, perfectly glorifying to God, you will be perfect. Right? And we know we can't be perfect, but like he's saying like, that's how much the, your mouth steers you. Like, I had no idea that I could, like, I could, I could please God in that capacity. You know? But I so often don't really think about my speech as being a really primary part of my devotion to God day to day. I think about it, read the Bible, I pray, then I'm good. Um, but God looks at the heart. And what the heart, what, what goes out of the heart, first and foremost, is what? Your tongue. Right, it's your mouth. Um, to the power of God, right? A small rudder moves the entire ship. 
Right, but bits and horses, a powerful horse, a stallion, can be moved with a bit in its mouth. Right? We're like that. Have you ever thought about how you might have always thought that your that you kind of steer your words, but have you ever thought that your words steer you? It's profound. How much do we think about how much do we think about the words we say? Um, now, secondly. And I'll read this, since we can see. All right. Secondly, this is the uh, next part of James. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. That's his third illustration, okay? A small fire can consume, I mean, California, I mean, like, like a small fire, if not, if, if not, if not untouched, can, I mean, you can say something to me right now, you could Someone just would scream, you know, say some, like scream right now and ruin this, this entire talk. Now, they might leave, and, I mean, but what are you going to be thinking about the entire time? Think about them. Just be dead. Like, have you ever thought about your words being a fire? He says, the tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body. Setting on fire the entire course of life is set on fire by a hill. Okay. Do you think as a Christian, saved by grace, right? Have Jesus' spirit in us? That Satan can really control what we say? That's pretty that's pretty monumental. Think about this. In um, Matthew 6, I believe it was, Jesus and Peter were having a conversation. And Jesus was saying, I'm going to die for you, Peter. I'm going to lay my life down for you. And Peter says, Nuh-uh. No, you won't. I'll die for you, Jesus. Right? With his, with, with his advice, right? His grand opinion that he gave. And what did Jesus say to Peter? To get behind me, Satan. I, I mean, Jesus knew full well that Peter was not Satan. But who was talking? Satan was talking through Peter. Jesus was not being exaggerating in this moment. The cornerstone of Christ's church, the rock on which he, he, he built his church, Peter, at that moment, did not tame his tongue, was lavish in his opinions and advice, and Satan spoke through him. Right? I mean, you can see this played out in like, say somebody, say somebody wants to give something away, or give a lot away. Um, and you say, well, you know, you got a family. You know, it's like, you got to provide for your family. You know, it's like, you hear opinions all day long like this that aren't biblical, come from no scripture. Do you ever think that isn't like those fleeting those fleeting things aren't necessarily just bad advice? <laughs> like that could turn away someone from something that God's called them to. Set fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed 
It has been tamed by mankind, but no human being has ever tamed the tongue. Right? I mean, we've tamed killer whales. Okay, SeaWorld, you got a killer whale coming up out of this with a dude on top. Swan diving out, right? That's crazy that we have, that we have tamed things as powerful as whales, right? Like, who was the first guy who ever decided he wanted to do get on top of that whale, right? But look, no man has tamed the tongue. Your tongue. We've tamed killer whales, but your tongue, though. That's a, that's a whole different level of power. <laughs> there, right? It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And what's that poison? Hypocrisy. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From mouth you say, We love you, God, and in turn from the God who we say we love, to people who he made in his image, we say, I love you. That doesn't, that's, that doesn't make any sense. That's hypocrisy, right? From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers. These things should not be so. Does the spring pour forth at the same opening, fresh and salt water? We get it, right? One of, I work at a, a um, liberal arts college, very small, um, very academic. And one of, I think, not one of, the way that Satan has turned away people from the church, even willing people who are, you know, would probably consider Jesus, turn them away because people in the church just are hypocrites in their right. That's Satan acting through born-again Christians. Right? We say one thing, we do another thing. Now, Jesus is worthy of that, of, of their hearts. But here's the thing. Have you, I mean, like, the way we live matters in such a way that you're, you either use your tongue to represent Christ or represent not Christ, which is Satan. That's heavy, and if it didn't say in the Bible, I would have thought it was exaggerated. And this is pretty, I mean, this is pretty weighty, right? It's like, I've read this for a long, just, it's a long time, and I was like, this is a super negative thing about the tongue. And I thought, okay, it's like, this is a big problem. How do we fix this thing, James? Like, cer- certainly, after you blasted the tongue, or blasted how we use the tongue, um, you're going to give us a fix by this. Um, and he, he uh, did this one better. And he said, there's not a fix. There is a fix. There's not a fix, right? Here's what he says, in response to everything he just said, who is wise and, and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. You know, like, what kind of response is that? You know? Like, I want to know what to say and what not to say. Right? Is that not what I, I mean? Okay, want a, a better... But here's the thing. Because Jesus came and liberated your heart out of bondage, okay? Something... I mean, 
what, the things you just say, like like lip service, is not does not honor God. Right? People who have a tame tongue, who live and speak in a way that glorifies God and gives life to everyone around them, and lots of a room with their with their tongue, usually, you know, aren't the ones that are going around like cussing, gossiping, but they're also not the ones who, you know, sit back idle and are just are scared to talk. Right? Right? Fear of the world drives both scenarios. In Proverbs it says, a woman who fears the Lord laughs in the face of the time to come. <laughs> Laughter is a huge opponent of someone who has a tame tongue. Right? If you, if you fear God and don't fear the world, you don't take yourself too seriously. Oh, you can joke, you laugh, right? So both sides, whether it's like it's kind of corrupt talk or this like real heavy super spiritual Christian like I make sure I don't like say the certain right and wrong things like all the time, never laugh or whatever. Both of those sides don't honor God. And that's why wisdom make, means everything in this scenario. And so he says, by his, by his or her good conduct, let him show his or her works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast. Boast. And be false to the truth. So what it's saying is, because you all start with different things, this could be, shut up. Just shut your mouth. Be slow to speak. Don't just say everything. You have no idea whether you're speaking from, from the Spirit or from somewhere else. Or, it could be, open your mouth. There's a dying world that needs the hope of a Savior. And in both senses, it's, it's I've died to rescue a world, and I was effective in doing that. You have nothing to fear at all. Therefore, honor me. I'm just going to go ahead and... So, here's this. So, from James 3, we have takeaways. And I have them through the text. So you can do this on your own. You, you don't need me to do this, but I'll help, you, I'll help you see it. So, first one. No man can tame the tongue. It's true. That's true. Let that settle in. Understand that thing. But, with the Spirit, not man, your tongue is being tamed. Taming. Right? This is a process. So, a natural application to that understanding from the Bible that we just read um, is you need to ask yourself before you say something. I mean, like, before you give your, your, your opinion. And it might be a really good one. You know? Ask, will this glorify God or not? Will this build up the person in front of me or not? Does this steer this person towards me or towards God or not? That's a, a thing that you do every day. And God's ordained that to be a good process for you and me. That's sanctification. And over time, it's like a, it's just like anything else. You're not going to be good at it in the beginning. But God is working in you in a way that you will grow and your tongue will become more and more holy and life-giving as you go because the Spirit's working in you. Okay, secondly, the biblical answer that we saw in the last part of James is wisdom. Okay? So a natural application to that 
would be A. We don't always see uh, the things that we, you know, say, but our friends do. So you should probably ask your friends what you struggle with. Your best friend, someone that you're rooming with, I guarantee you that they know very well and are pretty annoyed by some things you say. And it'd be good for you, it's good for you to hear that from them. Because they might not, at that point, have been brave enough to ever tell you, hey man, this is kind of a problem that's in your life. It's good to know. And then third, um, context. So, when you're reading the Bible, and there's something that you see, you, you want to look before it and after it to help you understand it. Okay, So, um, right afterwards, in James 4, it says, here's why you murder. Here's why you quarrel with whatever. And then he says, you do these things because you don't ask me for help, basically. He says, you do not have because you do not ask me. So really, after the wisdom comes a more practical thing. If the Holy Spirit is the only thing that can tame your tongue, you're not asking God to tame your tongue daily as you ask yourself these questions, man, you might struggle with taming your tongue. <laughs> because no man is, like, you, you can't tame it. I can't tame the tongue. But it's so powerful that man, if, I mean, it just matters so much for your loved ones to see someone in their life with a tongue that's been just made over with Jesus Christ's love. And you can't do that. But God can. So we need to be on our face. I need to be on my face asking God to, re- to redeem this here so that His kingdom can be filled with more and more people to be saved. So here's, here's what we'll do. So we got, it's 4 o'clock. Perfect, wow. Okay, so what we're going to do, um, if you came in here with somebody or a few people, pair up with them. We're going to spend 10 minutes Okay? Ask them. What's up? Ask them, hey, you've seen anything in me? That's what you do. Confess some sin, and then we're going to come back. And I want to hear from you for the next five, or for the last five minutes, what you all, in your own context, have struggled with so that we can help each other kind of maybe get at these things. So get together with your dudes, talk about it, or girls, talk about it, and then we'll come back in like seven minutes. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, so you are in the college context, right? So you all have a kind of a, you meet in the same place, right? Y'all are, are college students, so you struggle with some different, but a lot of similar things. What are some things or some things that you, you struggle with and how have you seen kind of um, God move to help you with that? Well, I struggle a lot with the temper, so my first instinct, if I get mad, I definitely say things I probably shouldn't, and so my accountability partners definitely keep me accountable for that, and I don't know, we have a lot of uh, sessions praying about stuff like that, because I, mean, I do room with believers, and so sometimes mm. when you're roommates with people, you mm. kind of go head to head, and oh. we're both Christians in the same household getting angry, and we both have tongue problems, and so that's something that God's really been redeeming and also like kind of brings the life I need to work on that and I definitely am righteous when it comes to stuff like that. Dang. Yeah. What else? Yeah. So I guess like for me like my name is Alexa.
dyslexia, and it, that means word for people. So when you have a tongue problem, that can mean protecting people, that can also mean attacking people, and like being good at finding people's weaknesses and like what makes them, like what tears them down. Mm -hmm. And so I think taming the tongue and the process of it is realizing, like when Dee was talking earlier, like don't subject people to your personal wrath, like don't feel like you're the one, like you're not fully satisfied unless they feel exactly how you feel, mm -hmm. exactly how you thought. But knowing that some aspects of taming your tongue is saying things you need to say them, but also some things you just have to do with yourself. Some emotions you don't express to them, some like you don't make them wait make them feel the way that you felt. And so like understanding that is like a process. Mm -hmm. yeah. Who here um, who here goes home like on breaks and has friends that they struggle to tend their tongue with when they're there? Anybody in here? Yeah, okay. Um, how have y'all seen success there? Just for the group. So I'm, I'm a witty person, so like I'll just say whatever comes to my head uh -huh. whenever like we're talking about things and stuff. But sometimes I'll say things and then like I'll step back and be like, why did I say that? Right. I didn't want to say that. But when I do like take the conversation more slowly and you kind of just think about what you're going to say beforehand, some of the stuff you realize that you shouldn't say it. Then you end up saying something that you really mean rather than something that just comes to your head. Yeah, that's great. What else? Anything else on that topic? We got a lot of wisdom. Yeah. I mean, are they Christians? Are they not? I mean, no. It matters. Okay. I mean, so I, I had a season live with some guys that weren't. Um, and honestly, you know, it's like it's not. It's not. I mean, it's like if they don't have the spirit, it's kind of a difficult thing where it's like you come off. And it, it, a lot of times, if you look at yourself, it's like if they don't claim Christ, then why? I mean, like, why would they hold their tongue? You know. And so, for me, what helped me is I, I actually will repent. I'd, I'd, I'd repent to them. But I didn't know, that. and so that helped me help them ask a little, some more questions, maybe of me, because they saw a guy as a Christian that you know his first instinct was not to point the finger; it was to you know see his own brokenness, and that honestly really helped conversation. Um, but I'd also 
her advice was was good. It's 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 great to have Christians at least one. So I would think about also kind of getting one in there. Yeah. <laughs> Any other on that topic? Because that's a huge, huge um, issue there. Anything else? Yes. It's a follow-up that question. What if people you're living with do say they're Christians and have that problem? How would you address that in a loving way? Whew! Wow. Ah. Well, I mean, do y'all do any kind of like house studies, like weekly times in the Word? Uh, not together. Okay. Not really, but... First steps then. That's first step. It's like, coming from you, honestly, like what, I mean, like, like coming from you, they should, you know, not be, you know, so loose with the time that God gave. It's like. That that's that's good and well, whatever. But like, if God says and they, and they see it in His Word, maybe it's like that's probably the first step. But honestly, if they, I mean, if they genuinely are Christians, bro, I would, I would lovingly, again, first, not pointing the finger, but secondly, like sitting down and saying, like, "Hey, I've, I've really been impacted by you." Yeah. Is there any other advice? Has anyone ever sat somebody down and uh, talked to them? Yes, Alex. You actually sat me down. Started, you know, <laughs> I was about to cuss someone out. And then I the coach. The coach. Yeah. And then uh, I went and talked to him. He talked me down. It actually went really well. So thanks to him, I did it. Well, yeah, I'm going to go. But okay. Um, hey, guys. It's 411. Um, if you have any questions about that, like more questions like that, I've probably been through it. Um, do more repenting promise do more repenting than pointing okay people are going to see your good works glorify God from that so um, have a good rest of your conference go to the gender go to gender yeah thank you thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at newyearsconference.com.